0: Dr. Caroline Madden is my guest again, um, because of public demand, people uh, really enjoyed our last episode. And we are today sort of wrapping up also this um, series of podcasts that I organized uh, on the two-year anniversary of my Discovery Day. Um, Caroline, welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me again. It's it's been a pleasure to talk to you, and so many people have listened to the podcast. However, um, now uh, it's um, for me, it's two years after D Day, and um, many of my Twitter peers are at that point as well. Um, Some of us are feeling that uh, even though we love the tribe, we love the support, uh, we feel that we have created true friendships over there. It's time to go. It's time to let go. It's time to move on to other things in our lives, not to focus so much on the pain. Um, I personally feel that I am a little bit over that and I want to move on to other things. And I just wanted to touch a little bit on that and to, for, to ask you to give us your opinion and from your experience. Um, I don't think I am distracting or evading. Is it healing what I'm feeling what what do you think well Helen the first thing I want to do is is to
1: say I'm I'm so happy you're at this point because so many people join Twitter or, or Facebook groups or whatever and what they see is they see everyone in the fresh stages of recovery in pain and a lot of pain, and what they don't see is like you and the other members of your graduating class, if you will, your 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 tribe moving on. They don't see you anymore because the thing is, no. like, once you get past it, it's not something you're on Twitter about or Facebook about, unless you know you've created a market for it or whatever. Um, you know, it, there's so when people find out that their husband has cheated or whatever, they get on Twitter, they get on these support groups and they think, Oh my God, I'm going to be in pain like this forever. And what they miss out is you and other people, you graduate, you move on, you're living your lives. This isn't the fresh thing that you're thinking about every minute of the day, like it is in the beginning. Cause when you move on, you don't focus on it. So that's number one to new people listening to this podcast is, you know, people like Helen, who have integrated this into their past have moved on and it's not fresh on Twitter anymore. So as far as, are you denial? No girl, be happy. It means that you've done a lot of work. Your husband has, uh, has helped you heal and, and whatever way he can. Okay. Um, and that you're, that this isn't defining you anymore, that you're not letting your husband's terrible, poor choices define who you are. Yes. Right and and people talk about this concept of forgiveness and what that means and I never ask anyone to forgive anyone because it can be a spiritual religious thing for someone so I don't but people have a concept of forgiveness it doesn't mean you forget it it means like I'm not letting you define who I am any longer
0: Exactly I'm, I I it... get
1: to define what my relationship is with D day and the affair and the affair partner and I get to decide how I'm living my life. And it's not going to be held hostage
0: by your stupidity. Right. So it's a turning point. And um, I, I like the concept of forgiveness. You're right about the spiritual connotations of the term, but uh, I like the, the idea uh, and it's helped me a lot that forgiveness is a verb and it varies and that some days you feel uh, 100% forgiving, or let's say that you've left it in the past, and then some days it just hits you again. Uh, and 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 that's okay because you know that it's not going to be like that forever, and I think that's one of the main. Uh, learn uh, the the, the main things I've learned uh, through this process that it's okay if one day I feel like I hate the affair partner and I hate my husband for what he did but and it's okay to to, to let my imagination sort of flow into uh, you stupid people again but I know knowing that I'm not going to be stuck there forever that it might last an hour six hours or 24 hours but I know that it's going to be different the next day or so, um, right? Is and that's that where, something.
1: Well, that's yeah. where people in the beginning they just can't even believe they'll ever be at your place, Helen. Like maybe right. you remember those those early days. If you could have five minutes, you weren't thinking about it, or a week in between being triggered by something. It just yes. like you just never would have believed you'd be at your point where you're like, yeah, something comes up, I get pissed off again, and you know, then I let it go and I move on with my life. Yes, like, exactly. Would not even believe that that's possible, and you're showing it is possible. And the idea is like the f- the more you heal, right, um, then these episodes become the time between the episodes becomes yeah. longer and longer.
0: Yeah, they and become... the
1: duration becomes shorter and shorter.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Till it's an annoying thought it like comes in your head and like maybe some other things that have happened to you in your past that you're not either proud of or have hurt you or whatever unpleasant things you don't want to think about you think about them for a second and then you're like no
0: I don't want to think about it anymore and you and you move on yes yes it's wonderful to be there and it's wonderful to know it helped me a lot at the beginning to know that other people were long past, way past uh, their uh, infidelity. And uh, some cases, they had built a new life with an, another person, or in some cases, they decided to have the, the second marriage with the same person. And they were perfectly happy living, you know, I don't know, 10 years past D Day or so. Uh, and living a different stage in life, because life also changes and we have new challenges. Uh, first, then is the toddlers, mm-hmm. then is the teenagers. Then it's the young young adults, and then we start feeling unwell with all the yeah. the conditions, the, the the medical conditions that are more common, you know, after when you pass fifty and so on. And then aging parents there's so 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 many things now. The pandemic, yeah. um, financial crisis, and so on. So many things we have to face in life. Um, I think infidelity gives us the tools to know that. As long as we wake up and we are breathing and we have a roof over our heads, we should be grateful and we can sort of become resilient through this experience uh mm-hmm. and um, that's that's definitely true yeah, yeah, so um we have uh, three general topics for today um I want to start from this one that uh, people are looking forward to. How can you tell infidelity from being paranoid?
1: Well, this is a good question. I think it also depends on the stage you're in. If it's in the very beginning, then I think you should uh, recheck all of the stuff all over again. Uh, His Google search history, his Chrome history, all credit card statements, emails, uh you know the trash folder if it's in the beginning here's the thing men i I call it the drip 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 of truth they're just lying and they're changing the stories i mean i think in the 15 plus years i've been doing this i've had exactly six men i think it is i counted who just came came forward with the complete truthful story within 24 hours uh and most guys just lie you know they they, Mm. They do. They're cowards. They already hurt their wives and stuff. So if it's in the very beginning, you I, I hate to say it, but you're probably right. Plus, even if he's giving up the affair partner, if your guy's a decent guy, he probably feels guilty for just like mm-hmm. up and cutting things with his affair partner that even though he wants to be with his wife, and of course he knows he's supposed to prioritize his wife's feelings, it just feels cold that he's just cut someone off. Uh, Because, you know, she's a human being too. Um, And so there could be, uh, you know, conversations regarding closure. Uh, He might also just be kind of, I call it business as usual, like not really getting Mm -hmm. the impact of what he's done. And if he's in that stage, he, he definitely could be still contacting the affair partner and whatever. So if it's, if it's the beginning stages, it might be that you're clued into you don't have all the details of the timeline. And girl, mm-hmm. I say, you do whatever you need to do to feel like you've done your investigation. Right. Um, you know, as it, as it progresses, I, I think it's looking at, gee, it, it, can, it, can, it can be something like, gee, he's doing something or acting towards me in a way that when I look back, this is how he was acting when he was having the affair. Mean to me, rude to me, forgetful, snappy, distant, on his phone too much. So it's like, what is going on with him and how he's relating to you? And is that what's triggering you? Right. right? So it's like, that's not paranoia. That's you having learned. This is what my husband looks like when he's having an affair. And here he's doing it again. So it might be he's under stress at work, or it might be that he's... Um, you know, uh, up to no good. Um, the thing that's the most important thing to watch out for, though, is as as you and everyone listening to this knows, how damaging it is to a woman's self-esteem. It is so damaging. Mm-hmm. So also what could be triggering is you have a bad day. You feel fat. You feel like your boss hates you at work. Uh, your kids say they hate you. Whatever it is that's caused you to have a down day or Maybe you're just a little challenged with depression, like you get waves of depression. And so you get depressed or you're feeling bad about yourself and you go to the low hanging fruit of I feel this way because he cheated on me. And you lock into that, that the reason why you're feeling bad. And so when you're in that mind state and you go looking for stuff, you will find something because your Mm. mind is just so there. I see. So that's a bad time to do it. So I believe in trust, but verify, which is, you know, whatever you want, like once a month, once a quarter, pick a date on a calendar and, and search for everything during, during that time. Um, And to do it when you're in a rational state of mind. And if you see something suspicious, wait on it don't immediately fly into a rage or be all impulsive what is this what is this if you see something you just need to note it say nothing and check back in a couple weeks because the thing is like if you let him know how you're investigating him he'll cover his tracks men are lazy they are sloppy they are stupid and by the way all of them will agree there's not one man who's coming to my office like no dr caroline i am so smart doing what i did they agree with me okay so (laughs) they will they will they will slip up and that's what Mm. you want you don't want like a just a one-time thing that you're like oh no oh no and it ends up being nothing you want to just like let it sit for a while check back in a couple weeks is there more web history or you know can you break into the brand new email account he set up you know just give it some time don't be impulsive because paranoia is something's hitting you, and you're like, "Oh my god, am I am I going crazy, or is he actually up to something?" And that's where time is your friend. That's where and, just slowing yeah. slowing your role, and um, because and also being prepared for what if you do find something. Because mm-hmm. again, my my strong opinion is one uh, D day is all you get. We get that one D day. You don't get mm-hmm. repeated cheating, setting up craigslist accounts all that stuff so you also have to be prepared that if you do find something
0: what are you going to do yeah i feel i'm living at that point now i feel i feel like not not in a not in an aggressive way or not living in fear but knowing that i know what to do if if there's another d-day gives me peace because i have a plan (laughs) No, know when it is, it's
1: very peaceful and I make it a requirement of actually counseling with me that the wife is able to say to the husband, if you do this again, I'm leaving you mm-hmm. that she feels brave enough that it helps her understand that she is staying out of choice because mm-hmm. she loves her husband and that maybe she can work through this, but I want her to know that she's strong enough to leave. And I want him to know like, this is a one time, uh, see how it goes it's not a get out of jail free card that every time this i want him to know uh, that she's dead serious and that she's strong enough to do it
0: yeah and it's very important when when the wife realizes that the husband got it that he knows that you're serious about leaving if he does it again you sort of know i i can tell i can tell so i think everybody can tell so it's this intuition thing i trust my intuition somehow i through this process i learned to trust my intuition. However, what I want to go back a little bit to what you said. Um, when you're having a bad day, let's say I'm having a bad day and my husband is a little bit in his thoughts and on his phone. Like you said, it could be that he is um, worried about work and uh, and I'm not feeling well. So these two things come together and I'm triggered by that. What I found that works for me is um, checking in with him, you know, telling him, you are a bit absent-minded, I'm feeling a bit down, just just labeling it, just putting a name on it helps a lot. And then he immediately looks at me and he tells me, you know, I can tell because if he was, I don't know, talking to the ex-affair partner or something, He would be hiding. He will become defensive. But if if I see that he's relaxed and he tells me, yes, I'm having this issue at work, you know, it comes out naturally. Then it's like I checked in. I know nothing is happening uh, on that front. I know it's just life happening. And then I can relax and move on. Do you think that checking in is a good idea? I do think checking in is a good idea. And just exactly the way you said
1: it and saying, hey, I'm having a bad day. How are you doing? you know, just a point of curiosity, point of talking about your own feelings and not creating a narrative. You're on Mm -hmm. your phone talking to a girl again, you're doing that. These accusations are also Mm -hmm. really tiring for men who have really tried to do the right thing. So coming at it from a vulnerable place of, gee, I've had a hard day and you're on your phone and, you know, just like what's going on with you, um, is, is a good way because you're not, telling him how he's feeling you're not accusing him of anything you're just kind of like well what's up and right. uh, and he kind of understands you know that maybe yeah. you're feeling insecure i mean if you're talking like the first year or two uh he's getting like you're you might be thinking he's doing things that he's not and he will appreciate that you're not yelling and raging at him that you're coming to him like an adult treating him with respect and just saying like hey this is how i'm feeling you feel distant from me what's what's going on and yes any sort of defensive reaction of you're crazy is the biggest red flag ever Mm -hmm. right because that's what they do oh you're crazy no I'm not crazy I'm not crazy yeah I I see what's going on and you're trying to gaslight me so but it's also if you come out him foul and accusatory Mm -hmm. and negative and up leveled then, you know, is it a defensive reaction against what you're saying, or is it just like, wow, you're coming at him with so much anger? He's just defending himself from the way you're coming at him.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. And um, so, probably it's a good point to ask you the second main question, which is uh, uh, how long is it too long for recovering from complex cases of infidelity? There are people in the tribe who are facing. Uh, you know, they they are they've been working for over a year, say, um, on themselves, uh, in couples therapy, and um they've come across childhood trauma. Um yes. uh, so it gets really complicated. So they start unearthing their own issues and their partners' issues, and uh it's like they go to, <laughs> two steps forward, one step back, and it's exhausting. Um, it's exhausting. I mean, I, I can understand that. Um, how long is too long? Well, I guess what I would say is, and when you say
1: complex trauma, that's what I was going to say. Cause there, there is like what your husband did to you and sure how he did it, how long with whom all of that can make things complex in the healing. Right. But the thing that makes it that it's hard to move on from is usually childhood trauma. And frankly, that was there before you met your husband. That was always there. What this additional betrayal did was kind of bring it out of the darkness into the light. And honestly, this could be one of the silver linings of infidelity Mm -hmm. is really coming to terms with how you were maybe betrayed as a child by someone you trusted. And then this feels the same way all over again. It feels like someone you trusted in a sexual way betrayed you yeah but that original trauma that's not his fault. that mm-hmm. isn't the affair. The affair just brought something that was there that honestly probably should have been dealt with on its own anyhow, because that's to work through that childhood trauma that's that's something you need to do for you, whether or not he had an affair, whether or not you're staying with him or not that that's for you that's for you to live your life. And that's for you to uh, help heal and be empathetic to your younger self who was hurt and go through that work. And sometimes it takes something as devastating as this to even be willing to uncover that early childhood trauma because it is so painful and you just want to stuff it in a box. But by doing that, it, it doesn't have the chance to come out into the light where you can really process it as an adult instead of reliving it all the time as a scared little child. So that isn't the affair. The affairs just brought it out. Yeah. And so the idea would be, in my opinion, to work with someone who isn't even talking about the affair other than the affair retriggered triggered it. Right. And to help work on, you know, the childhood trauma and you work on that you may or may not be with your husband, frankly. Because mm-hmm. there was a reason you were with him, there was unresolved things, and you know to just view that as its own thing for
0: you so that's from the point of view of the betrayed. How about if the betrayer becomes a serial betrayer and is somehow not justified, but the the betrayed wife can understand that all his um let's say relapsing um can be explained because of such a huge trauma that this person had so how much can a person take do you think it's not healthy if if, if a woman or a wife wants to be like the savior of the husband by staying and insisting how much love this being unconditional love thing um, is one person supposed to to show where does it stop well
1: you know me, I, I, I've said one, one day it's over. I do yes. not believe it. It's just like, yeah, oh, okay. he had a bad day. He got drunk at a bar and he hit me. Right. Oh, well, he had a bad childhood. It's like, I don't care. Right. I don't care. And and this is what women will do, justifying all sorts of abuse from a partner, uh, which is, oh, bad childhood, bad day, uh, alcoholism, challenge with depression, challenge with other uh, issues and making excuses and the thing is like you need to walk mm-hmm. and if you can't walk you need to go into therapy to say why is it that you don't feel you have the right to not be abused i see. and and i believe if you're talking about someone who is repeatedly cheating on you mm-hmm. you're with someone who mm, might be a narcissist mm-hmm. right there's a good man who for whatever reason, makes poor decisions and hurts their wives. But once he sees, oh, my God, I've devastated my wife, I'm never going to do that again to her because I didn't even understand I could hurt someone that badly, mm-hmm. that someone could love me enough that I could hurt someone that badly. But to do it over and over again, I mean, you're with a narcissist, you can't get out, because you've been sucked in by a narcissist, you need to Google right now, am I in a relationship with a narcissist? And you probably need to be in your own individual therapy and you need to leave. Just like if you were with someone who hit you all the time. I mean, repeated cheating is emotional abuse. It's terrible. You end up playing a big cat and mouse game. You never feel secure. You never feel good enough. And you start going into this bad space of, gee, if the person who committed to marry me And, uh, he keeps saying he's going to get better, but he doesn't, if he won't treat me with, you know, with respect, then how would any other man do it? And it's like, you can't get in that game with yourself. You need to dust yourself off and, uh, get in some individual therapy and figure out why you feel God put you on the planet to heal someone else. It's his job to heal him. And he shouldn't use you as an emotional punching bag. So, again, one day day. And, mm-hmm. and again, it doesn't matter how many affairs. It's just yeah. the one day day of looking in your eyes and having you look at your husband and say, I don't even know who you are anymore. You're right. That should be an earth shattering event for him. And for good men, it is. Yeah. It is an earth shattering event. The pain that they caused is awful. And no, they don't ever want to do that again. So if you have someone who's doing it repeatedly, girl, leave. Just leave. I'll tell you right now. Leave
0: yeah okay i can i can understand what you're saying because i feel i mean i don't know how i how i would react if if i discover my husband betrays me again but i just uh, i i like to visualize i like to sometimes speculate a little bit and have these visions and i just see myself saying well you know i told you you know what happens you pack your things and we move on no drama, no punching, no shouting, no, no rolling myself like I did the first time. It won't happen again to me. As, as Helen, I feel that I'm, I'm not, I, I, I won't have to do it because I've already done it. I felt the pain. I went through the pain. And if it happens again, it would be different. I don't know if it's pure speculation or if it's being in a better place. No, I don't. I don't think it's pure speculation.
1: I think what it is, is you stayed not because you were weak. You didn't stay uh, because it was a knee jerk reaction. You stayed because you're like, I love this man.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I love my family. And I love my life. Right. And if he's remorseful, and he's willing to work on this, and he still loves me, then maybe I can work past the pain to get to a different side. But part of that is this idea of, no, if I wanted to leave, I could. And yes. so when you're like, yeah, if this happens again, then no, I'm not sticking around. I did this one time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's and it's him then. The, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Then it's like, oh, you're just going to, what are you going to do this in another five years, another 10 years? Exactly. Yeah, forget it. I'm out. Yeah. Rather yeah. be alone than playing a cat and mouse game always looking over your shoulder if he's cheating or not like forget it
0: yeah yeah that's what i feel that i'm i'm at right now um and that you know just just moving on and and having a different life plan it's sad you know deep down it's sad because like the fairy tale we were talking in our previous episode that we we are so um Uh, disappointed by the fact that it's not living happily ever after after you just you get married you found your prince and everything will work out fine it's it's hard work and that's not real life Um, it just changes us forever well and that's it and
1: that's that's the reality that's the reality it changes you whether or not you stay though if you stay it changes you and if you leave him it changes you Exactly. It, just know that that can exist in the world that yes. you could love someone so purely and they can betray you. That's just like a, a kick in the gut that you remember. It's just now possible in a way that it wasn't possible. It just wasn't possible before. So whether or not you're with your husband, mm. you now know that that's possible. It does. It it, it hurts in innocence and it's sad. Yeah. Um, and it changes and no, not, you forever. It does change you forever.
0: Yeah, it changes yeah. you forever. It's true but what you also say, whether you stay or
1: go, it changes you. Yeah, whether you stay or go, it changes you forever. And um, it has the possibility of changing the cheating spouse as well, which is now he knows he's capable of doing that. You know every man who comes to my office, the wife is saying, like, no one would believe my husband would do this. Mm-hmm. No one would believe this. I can't believe this. And they don't believe that they can do it either. And it's a real like wake up call for them that, you know, that they have it in them to be so duplicit and um, mm-hmm. having a whole life that they could do that and hurt the person that they love so much. Like that's a real hard thing to deal with that you would be so cruel.
0: So it changes for, for a little them fun. As well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for
1: a little fun. For a little fun. Mm -hmm. uh, You would do something so stupid and damaging and life changing and like, wow. And that's where Helen, your future is when you think about this as annoyance. And when husbands think about this or, or the spouse that did the betrayal, um, you know, I don't want them to feel bad about themselves. I don't want them to have shame, but they need to know that they are capable so they just need to do an extra good job of protecting their marriage and not doing anything that might
0: lead to a slippery slope. Isn't it exhausting for the ex-faithful spouse to to know this and to live with this? And uh, you know, because it's a dis- they are disappointed on themselves. They thought they would never do it. They did it. They know they're not such a strong and willed person as they thought they would be um yes and now they have to be aware uh, well there's nothing
1: as exhausting as leading a double life (laughs) that's true that is so exhausting (laughs) and not being able to talk to your wife about anything because you might slip about Mm. something and the energy and the time Mm -hmm. so compared to living a double life um no it's not as exhausting (laughs) yeah and and what i would say is i i don't I don't think it has to be a shameful drudgery thing. Mm-hmm. It just has to be um conducting yourself in a way that there's no slippery slope. Which right. I conduct myself that there's no slippery slope. I'm sure you conduct yourself every day that there's no slippery slope. They just need to join the club of yeah. how you as a faithful uh you know spouse uh don't do anything that could lead you to be in a slippery slope. You just but you I-
0: that's the way you act yes but i was brought up like that and he wasn't brought up like that and that's why he slept, and that's why i don't sleep so in our case it's pretty clear because it's also this patriarchy um that you know men are allowed to cheat women are not and uh, for those of us who are more in the traditional way old-fashioned whatever you want to call it um can, can a, a a man who's been brought up a little bit in, in a entitled way of cheating can be changed for life by this experience? Well, I guess I think it depends. You mm. know,
1: I think that is the type of guy who uh, minimizes his wife's pain. Get over it. Mm. They're the ones who will say things like, "But I was never going to leave you when the kids for her." And I'm a good provider, you know. Mm-hmm. That their role is yes. providing for the family, mm-hmm. and um, as long as they're not leaving you for the affair partner, you, you really should be shouldn't happy. Complain. Exactly. And that's a that's a personality type that I believe will cheat again until you're literally out the door with divorce papers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this is a big deal. I really did hurt you, but you know <laughs> that dynamic tends to be she excuses the affair. She does look the other way and it happens over and over again.
0: Um, Yeah. I've met many women like that and I don't really know how they do it. They're just so much into their role that he's good. I'm not going to, I've heard this comment from other women. Like my husband makes a good living. I'm not going to leave him so that he can go and give all that money to somebody else. And they just stay. Well, that they like their, they like their
1: lifestyle. And there is the children to think about. Which is if he's a good enough father and he's providing and he's showing up at a t-ball game or ballet recitals or stuff like that, she says to herself, do I really, like, break all of this up? Mm. And maybe they have a relationship where he just understands that he does what he wants and she doesn't have sex with them. Like, they just live their lives, separate lives, where she's not sleeping with men. But he's doing whatever he's doing, and she doesn't care because she's really focused in on the kids, and the kids are her priority. And you yeah. know, whatever, whatever, whatever works. Yeah, for them, it's True. just like just call it what it is, which is he gets to sleep with who he wants, and um
0: don't be upset about it. Yeah, and, and it may be. It's important, sorry, it's important to point out that there are a lot of women like that out there that have other priorities that see life in a different way. And they're not the ones on Twitter hurting and complaining because, you know, um, we tend to to look at just one part of the picture and it's it's it has helped me at some point understand to understand that. In other cultures and perhaps other people who are not the ones that uh, I am exposed to have other priorities and they don't mind a cheating husband provided their what is most important for them, like be, be it children, be it lifestyle or whatever it is, um, they're happy with that because they don't care. They truly don't care. Well, and that as long as
1: she's not being disrespected, mm-hmm. right? As long as it's not being flaunted he's in front of her. discreet, yeah. um, And maybe she's just not into him. You know, maybe she married him because it was time to get married and she mm-hmm. really wanted to be a mother. Um, and she isn't into him. And so he's not pressuring her for sex and she's fine with that because yeah. – for whatever reason she doesn't want to be with him that way and they had just have an arrangement
0: but exactly yeah you know, so it's it's a different concept of marriage it's not marriage for love it's marriage for other things for security well and maybe it's it's a different
1: uh type of love maybe it's sure. not a love that's possessive
0: mm-hmm. like it's yeah. not
1: my idea of marriage to be clear I'm very possessive yeah um, <laughs> Very, yeah, that's very possessive, you know. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So let's, let's be clear. I'm very yeah. possessive. But, you know, and that's especially, uh, you know, I'm in private practice in Los Angeles. I mean, one of the first things I do is I talk about what are your rules, re- your rule, at, how do you both understand your rules regarding monogamy and fidelity and everything in your relationship? Because yeah. a lot of the younger kids are just very, uh, you know, fluid with, yeah what they think about things and they're exploring concepts of uh polyamory and whatever and it's like is as far as long as people are consenting adults yeah you know it can be like hey um a five it's called the 500 mile rule which is if you're on a business trip to vegas you're
0: 500 miles away like i don't care just don't sleep with one of our friends exactly yeah they so it's following the rules. It's not betraying. So you have to be very clear about what you want and how you feel and being able to express this to the person that you're going to spend your life with, basically. Well, and I do think that
1: younger people are having those conversations. Yes. It's less of a default to monogamy. They mm-hmm. might end up being in a monogamous relationship, but it seems like they're having conversations about it. And, yeah. and I... I want to point out like gay men it seems have always had conversations about it opting yeah. in for monogamy or not what that yeah. looks like right uh but what i'm noticing is my, you know 20 something clients in heterosexual relationships in the first like month of dating mm-hmm. they are talking about their feelings of monogamy or dating around or 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 in the future if they might want to explore a different side of their sexuality you know Or might feel about that. Like I'm bisexual and I might want to do this in the future. Not saying bisexual people can't be in committed relationships because they definitely can, but this conversations that people are having,
0: like, this is something I want, want to do in the future. How do you feel about it? Yeah, very important to know yourself. And there there yeah. is hope. I agree with you. And it seems like, you know, we are talking here about the traditional things and suffering about one, ma- one man who betrayed us. And it seems like we're so old fashioned in comparison to the new generations. Uh, I don't think they're going to have as many problems as we do. Uh, I mean, oh, Generation sure. X. Oh, yeah. sure. They're mm-hmm. having their own problems. They're having less sex than
1: uh, our generation of Gen X. They're having less sex, statistically. Mm-hmm yeah um, they're waiting longer to be in committed relationships which i which I think is a good thing, waiting on marriage um yes but you know they're they're going to have their own problems there's always problems when you're dealing with uh sex and intimacy and trust and building a life with someone and being so vulnerable with one person you know everyone, yeah
0: everyone has their own thing true yeah well let's let's hope that they will um there will be a happier, more fulfilled generation than us, the um, the younger ones, the millennials and the the Gen Z. Okay, um, final topic: ex and faithful spouses uh, who feel hurt in a way that they feel. Um, that the betrayed spouse is being aggressive towards them, and it just makes the um, the betrayed spouse even angrier and even more aggressive. And one of these betrayed spouses is asking, um, "Is my ex and faithful husband allowed to feel hurt and expects me to be kind to him because all I want is to kind of to punch him in the face?" So. What do you tell her? Well,
1: I think this is also one of those stage questions, right? Mm-hmm. Which is if you're a year into recovery and you're still raging and every disagreement or fight you have is like, well, you cheated on me. So I win this argument. Then yeah, it means you're not moving forward. It means that you're using uh, it as a weapon to be right.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: if we're talking about the beginning when you're so pissed off and yeah, you want to stab them. um, (laughs) And you know, sometimes it takes men a beat to just get, it's not business as usual. Like Mm -hmm. they really just don't get how your whole life has been turned upside down and they see you being angry and it is, you know uh, they don't like your uncomfortable emotions and they're used to being able to escape them. Maybe through drugs, alcohol, or affairs, or, you know, uh, not deal with them. And now, you know, part of them knows that they have, you have every right to be angry. Um, so I think in the beginning, it might just be an adjustment process, but I think as it goes on, you have to look at, are you angry? Are you holding on to it? And why, um, do you, are you fearful of, moving forward. So you're staying in an angry place where you feel powerful and you feel you haven't let him back in. Um, So I would also look at that. As far as him being hurt, what I've noticed is when uh, a couple is making a lot of progress and they're feeling good and everything, and the woman has a setback, sometimes because of the process, the progress that they're making, feeling vulnerable, feeling connected, feeling whatever, they just kind of wig out because uh, they're feeling vulnerable again with this man that hurt them. Um, they, they just they feel kind of, uh, well, this idea of, wow, I just kind of broke her and screwed this whole thing up. This is where men will start saying, maybe you should leave me, where they don't want to leave. They don't want to break up. They very much love their wife, but they're like, wow, I hurt you so badly. You're not going to ever get through this. And you're living with me, you're going to be constantly in pain and turmoil. And maybe I would be the bigger person by just saying like, hey, maybe we should break up because not that he wants to break up, but just because he's like looking at her and she's still so angry and he's trying to make progress. And he's just thinking like, I just screwed this up too badly. There's, There's no hope right? So it's not even, it's, it's just thinking like, I've just broken this. I have just screwed this up
0: so badly um, that it's that type of hurt. So in those, in those cases, probably it's better at some point the, the betrayed spouse makes it clear, you know, I, I, I do love you. I do want to stay with you. I just don't know. Just help me out here.
1: Well, the, So usually anger is in the beginning, Mm -hmm. anger, denial, being stunned or whatever, but where real movement happens in a couple is when we get out of that impact stage and we get Mm -hmm. into this place where she shows the amount of pain she's in, Mm -hmm. how vulnerable she is. Cause again, men are, men are prepared for anger. They get, if they cheat and their wife finds out she's going to be really pissed, they kind of get that. Mm -hmm. It's that. That that I don't know who you are anymore. I don't know what I think about this marriage. Have you ever loved me? Has it all been a lie? Mm-hmm. Um, I just—it's that—it's for for the husband to be in touch with that level of pain, of hurt, of being wounded. That's the—that's the thing that hurt. If you want to hurt your husband, that's the thing is get mm. to crying in the fetal position.
0: Right. And he's
1: looking at you and saying, he's not looking at you and thinking you're weak or or he's looking at you thinking like, oh my God, I hurt someone this badly. Because I'm assuming you're with a good guy. He doesn't go around like kicking puppies or something like that. And and just they, they, they create such a narrative that one, you're never going to find out um, or that, um, so you're never going to be affected or, you know, what you don't know doesn't hurt you or created a narrative. You don't like them anymore. You don't desire them sexually anymore. You do know when you're looking the other way. Um, so when, if you could get, you know, the, the anger feels very powerful and I understand that, but the real movement comes when a man sees the pain that he's caused. And that's the thing that makes him not wanna cheat again. That's the thing that actually makes people in my office say, gee, when I was in my 20s, I cheated on someone. I hated the way I feel. I'm never gonna cheat again, even though they're in like three or four relationships down the road. They remembered that feeling of hurting someone that badly and they still feel bad. There's are just, I'm never doing that again, you know? So that's the thing where uh, a husband connects with the pain. And a woman feels seen and feels like, oh, you get it. You're starting to get how this has affected me. And a change occurs because you know your husband wouldn't intentionally hurt you. As stupid as he was, as how could he not see that cheating on you would devastate you, okay? But really, they're kind of dumb. They don't see it. And then when they do see it, it's just like, oh, my God, I really hurt you. So if you could get past the anger and just get to the, wow, you wounded me and I'm in tears, that's the part that men are like, oh, my God, I hurt you. Um, And they know how to respond. I mean, not that they're great at responding, but, you know, they know how to respond like, oh, you're hurt. See, if you're angry, I'm going to be angry back. Or I'm going to play victim. If you're crying, then I know like, oh, you probably need a hug. I mean, you might have to say that like, I need a hug. Because the Mm. other thing is they've hurt you. And they don't know if you're angry at them. Do you want them to come up to you and give you a hug? Or do you want them to go away? They're very confused,
0: you know. Mm -hmm. This confusion can be paralyzing, right? So if, if a man, because I'm now I'm thinking of a different case. Um, It's someone who cheated for many years. And like you say, he was repeating this narrative that she's never going. my husband, my wife is never going to find out this means nothing. And this was years and years. And then suddenly she discovered um, and uh, they've been separated for two years. He's been on individual therapy. Uh, and uh, he still tells her, you're still very angry. And it's like, he's been supportive. He's been, even though they're separated, he hasn't disappeared from from her life. And, um, and they're at a point where, um, where his therapist recommended, well, try and go out on dates and see how you feel. But um, there are so many questions in her mind, because she doesn't understand. But now that you're saying this, once he realized the pain, it's like he's so scared that he's paralyzed, is this possible? Well, I, I think that, um,
1: you know, if I, – I view having an affair is very, like, cowardly and passive-aggressive. Mm-hmm. So you have someone who instead of, uh, you know, sitting down with his wife at the kitchen table and saying, I'm really miserable or I'm not happy or I feel disconnected, we need to work on our marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really that unhappy. I'm going to have a direct conversation. They don't. They kind of hint out of here, hint it out of there, and then end up having – uh, and then up having an affair. So to expect that person to then be able to have real conversations is a bit of a stretch, except, okay. um, uh, you know, understanding that the only way to get through something is to get through something, mm-hmm. you know, right. and it, that's hopeful. Um, and I don't know, you're in a point where someone's moved out for a couple of years and it's like, you know, when do you both just move on? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's because you, you don't
1: have to stay and stay in the pain and stay in all of that. And, you know, and, it, and I think when you're talking with people who have been in full-blown affairs for years where it's like a whole other relationship, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, what, what has your relationship been? That isn't like a two- or three-year thing or uh, when mm-hmm. I stand in Vegas or something like that. That's like a whole other relationship. And, you know, maybe that's someone who's not equipped to be fully integrated.
0: Right. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, well, okay. Thank you so much for uh, for answering all these questions that we had. Some are, like, really complicated. Um, Dr. Caroline Madden, you've written three books about infidelity, um, four we- books about relationships, and co-authored, I think, another a couple. Can you tell us about your books? Um, which book you would recommend for people at different stages or in, in different uh, situations in their relationship? Uh, and um, I mean, I know that they can find it on Audible and Kindle. And it's very practical to actually get both and just listen to it and you can highlight things. It's uh, It's really good. So tell us a little bit about each book and who who would be your target audience and who can benefit from them?
1: Okay, well, thank you. Well, one, I believe my approach is kind of in the middle approach. We have, the, you know, the people who are like, anyone who cheats is a cheater forever and is a narcissist and you should leave them. And then there's the, the other side of the pendulum, which is stay married. It's a vow under God. It doesn't matter what he does. You need to stay with them. And what I, what I believe is, like, let's have a rational approach. Not all marriages should be saved. Not all marriages can be saved, you know, developing criteria. So the first one is fool me once. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because isn't that what it is? It's like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I want to make sure I'm not going to get cheated on again in the future. Cause then I won't be able to forgive myself. So that's the name of the book. And in it, it's criteria. It's like, Hey, here are some things that look shady, but aren't. And here are things that are legitimate red flags these are kind of the signs of a remorseful husband who maybe you should give a second chance to, and the, these are signs of someone who's going to cheat on you again. So that's fool me once, um, blindsided by his betrayal, is a book um, that I think is good at any stage, but you know, always good to start at the beginning of of what is the emotional roller coaster you're on. You know what are the stupid things he's saying? Why is he saying them? Why are you feeling the way you are? Um, some of the differences between how men and women view affairs is in there, and it, it and it. I wrote that book uh, because my book for men is called "After a Good Man Cheats: How to Rebuild uh, Trust and Intimacy with Your Wife." And that was after so many good men coming in my office and doing their best out of their heart to try to heal their marriage, but doing stupid things because they're, they're men and they're not (laughs) in a relationship with the man. They're in a relationship with the woman and we're just wired very, very differently. Um, And so the approach that they think should work was honestly the approach that was digging them a uh, bigger hole. But what I noticed was I, and I could see it in my reports, I would see, a woman would probably find out that her husband cheated and download on Kindle right away the "Fool Me Once" book, and mm-hmm. then buy the paperback book for their husband because mm-hmm. you could just see you mm-hmm. can just see it right uh, yeah. on the reports. But they would read that book first, and in the book, it's like, "Why is your wife acting crazy?" Right? You know, to to help him anticipate why his wife is hurting. And what she's going to need to heal, to be like one step ahead of her in the process. Yeah. And they would read that book and they're like, oh, my God, I love that book that I finally like, I oh, just need to write a book just for women, which is blindsided by his betrayal, mm-hmm. which goes into the emotional roller coaster. And After Good Man Cheats is a guidebook for men who are truly repentant, who want to help their wife heal and want to be just one step ahead of her in the process. And why is it that I say X and she goes insane? I thought it was a good idea. Yeah, you know, like questions like, gee, um, if you and the affair partner had just met at a PTA meeting, you would have been friends. Um, no, <laughs> no, that that isn't a helpful comment. You yeah. Know? Or I or with an emotional affair, like, oh. I didn't sleep with her. I should have slept with her. It was just an emotional affair, and I'm getting blamed for a sexual affair. It's like all these things that they think are really clever that aren't. So that's after good men cheats. Then I I have a book that I think is important right now, which is uh, When a Spouse Loses a Parent. Yeah. uh, And how to help your spouse through the intense grief after a parent dies. Because, well, one, it it was a labor of love that I co-wrote with my mother after my father died. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was a very important book to both of us in our healing. But it is something that ends up triggering affairs.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. Just
1: feeling lost and feeling frustrated and feeling whatever. And these big life changes happen. So having a spouse who can be there and intuit what you need and understand what you're going through is also, you know, helpful. Yeah. I joke that I write the books you never
0: want to need
1: to read, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they are very, very helpful. They, you know, they
1: are helpful, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You suggested When a Good Man Cheats to me and I read it. Um, I heard, I I listened to it actually, and, um, it was good because I thought, well, you know, my husband is not so clueless. (laughs) He has been doing some things right. He, he got a few things, very few, but some things he got them right. So it also helps people see that, um, not everything that their husband is doing is wrong, uh, that because somewhere in the middle, not everybody is completely clueless, uh and um it it helped me as a wife i think you hadn't published um the 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 one from the from the wife's point of view but i think you you published when a good man cheats first was that your first
1: i i i did that on audiobook first yeah Uh, yeah okay
0: yeah 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 no they are all good and then i read um i read the 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 betrayal, blindsided by, by his betrayal, is also very good. And I don't find that they are mutually exclusive. I think the two books uh, are a must, in my opinion. It's not oh, just that you. you... No, yeah, really. It, it's not just that one, you, you wrote it from one point of view and the other one, it's not the same thing. I think they both um, offer something useful, both for the... The 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 betrayer and the betrayed. Um so yeah, so they can find them on Amazon, right? So from anywhere. Amazon they they should be Amazon, Barnes
1: and Noble,
0: you know, what yeah. Wherever
1: you get your books, you can get that. And definitely it's on Audible and Google Books and you know, you can just I mean it's out there.
0: And your website is
1: uh my Infidelity coaching or uh, infidelity recovery
0: coaching website is CarolineMadden dot mm-hmm. Yeah, they can find you there and yeah. uh, get in touch with you. And you also have like a free guide there, which is very useful. Uh, I do. You know the mm-hmm. the seven things you're dying to do but you
1: really shouldn't do after finding out your husband has an affair.
0: Yes, that, those were those are very good too. So there you are. Well, Doctor Caroline Madden, thank you so much. Um, let's hope that the rest of 2020 it's for us that it's been so far (laughs) Uh, because there are other things in life that we all have to deal with. So all the best to you and your family and the community where you're in and to all our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. And um, I will give you now the mic to say goodbye and to close uh, this episode. All right. Well, uh, Goodbye. Goodbye, tribe.
1: Thank you for this wonderful uh, opportunity, Helen, and I wish you the best.
0: Thank you. And you too. Bye bye. Bye. Dear listener, I just wanted to take some time to thank you so much for your company here. Uh, I will be away for some time from the podcast, but you can always contact me, Helen Tower, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. So I wish you all the best in your life. I am with you in your pain. If you are starting, know that one day you will be able to think of other things beyond your betrayal. If you want to read about my story, my books are available on Amazon, on digital and printed version. Um, So just search for Helen Tower. You can also subscribe on Spotify or Anchor to my podcast. I read from my books from episode one, so everything is available for free if you don't have the means to get the books. Uh, There's also a blog sailingthroughinfidelity.blogspot.com, where you can read the whole story. It's uh, organized uh, by date. My D-Day was 25th of July of 2018. It's now 2020, and that seems like a lifetime away. I am ready to move on. I hope that you get to this point as fast as I did, even though it seemed like it took a lifetime. It's been life-changing, it's been empowering, it made me a stronger person, and now I, th- I feel like I can face anything that life throws at me. So I send you my orange hearts. If you follow me on Twitter, you will see or on Instagram, uh, talk to me, send me a DM, ask me anything. Just know that you are loved. And when you are in doubt, just look at yourself in the mirror and give yourself some love and care. You deserve it. Thank you so much and bye-bye for now.